Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Father, that's our prayer this morning. Regardless of what I studied, regardless of what I thought the message was supposed to be, regard of any human emotion, regardless of any human emotion, regardless of any of our thoughts, regardless of where we've been this week, in this moment, Lord, we ask that You invade this space. Holy Spirit, have access, full access. Do what only You can do, Lord. Get all of us out of the way, and You have Your way in this place. We want to hear from You, Lord. We want to be with You, Lord. We want to have a fellowship with You, Lord. We want to worship You, Lord, in Your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you remain standing for one moment, I'm going to um, read from the Scripture. I'll be reading from Psalm 132, beginning in verse 13. Don't take the time to turn there. Just look for it later if you would. For the Lord has chosen Zion. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Because in this moment, in the news, we're hearing so much about Zionists and anti-Zionists and all that. This, this is, Zion is the mount in heaven, in Jerusalem. This is heaven, God, His presence. It's the point of contact that God chose throughout history so that He, His place is there. Amen. Amen? We know God is everywhere. He's in your heart right now if you're born again. But as far as the physical, he, that's, that's the point. That's the place. And when Jesus comes to reign and rule on this earth, He will, he will be headquartered there. Amen. Okay, so now when people talk about Zionists and they're against the Zionists, that means they're against Judeo-Christians. They're against the Jews and the Christians. Because we know that that is where Jesus, His throne will be when He comes back. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let me begin again. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for His dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation. And her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. Hallelujah. His his enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. My brothers and sisters, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you may be seated for a moment. I came across a video that I want to share with you. Um, Now listen, I want to say before we share this, in no way am I... uh, It's it's Dr. Phil, for those of you who are... It's Dr. Phil giving a narration to something. And I... uh, Listen, so don't send me any... Please don't send me any emails or don't be upset with me. I am no way promoting Dr. Phil here. I, I, so I'm not aligning with Dr. Phil or anything. He just, I just think that it's important for us to view this as a body, as God's people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. The unconscionable attack on Israeli civilians by Hamas gunmen on October 7th was marked by murder, rape, torture, and kidnapping. On the bloodiest day in the country's 75-year history, an estimated 1,300 were killed, over 3,300 wounded, and approximately 150 Israelis were taken hostage. Kars Ray, a fellow with the Jewish Leadership Project, stated, this is the greatest loss of Jewish life in a single day since the Holocaust. 
The Hamas invaders were not soldiers, they were assassins. The Hamas charter calls for the ultimate annihilation of all Israeli Jews, followed by the annihilation of Jews around the world. Sound familiar? Sadly, some people, including some right here in America, actually celebrated the slaughter and blamed those being murdered, raped, and kidnapped. Many of America's most respected elite universities are not only indulging, but actually endorsing sanctioned student organizations holding celebrations for the murders. Harvard, Yale, Georgetown, UCLA, and Stanford are high-profile examples that should raise concern, if not outrage. These student organizations' reactions to the Hamas attack revealed a disturbing degree of ivy-covered intellectual rot. Americans nationwide have been appalled and shocked. The leadership of these supposedly highly sophisticated schools are so busy virtue signaling and coddling students who think that words are violence, but violence, horrific, inhumane violence, is social justice, that they have forgotten it is their job to teach their students to think and to test reality. Instead of training tomorrow's leaders, they are profoundly demagnetizing our culture's moral compass among the college population. Senator Cory Booker commented recently that there was a time we took pride in calling out bad behavior and bad actors, calling evil evil and hatred hatred. Martin Luther King Jr. said we suffer not just from the vitriol and violence of our enemies, but from the appalling silence and inaction of the good people. I'm no expert in geopolitics, but I don't need to be to immediately denounce the actions of Hamas as utterly sick, twisted, disgusting, and inexcusable. Staying fully in my lane of analyzing human behavior, I will amplify some things I know for sure. I know for sure the atrocities and ensuing celebrations committed by Hamas are inexcusable and unjustifiable. These are not the acts of honorable soldiers, freedom fighters, or militants. From a psychological standpoint, I can't help but wonder what these assassins say to themselves alone in the middle of the night after murdering a terrified and defenseless little baby boy or girl. Have they bothered to think about how many of their own children they have destined to be sacrificed in the retaliation that is certain to follow? Retaliation Hamas have brought down on the Gazans, Palestinians. I know for sure that allowing the university sanctioned organizations to celebrate the sadistic acts of terror without consequence confirms these enlightened woke universities are failing miserably in shaping, educating, maturing the minds of those students. It is the educator's job to teach critical thinking that will lead to rational response, a skill set in short supply in today's world. Perhaps such training on how to think would have led these students and their organizations to realize they are not actually supporting Palestinians and Gazans when they are supporting Hamas. Hamas are not even Palestinians. You cannot negotiate with people whose only acceptable outcome is to murder you and your entire race. Seriously, have some of these people gotten together and collectively lost their minds? We know right from wrong, and we must stand up for what we believe and know is right. We must call out these institutions. 
How is any of this acceptable to anyone? How is it not recognized as incredibly racist? How do elite educators not recognize this is a huge teachable moment in these students' journey? The heads of these schools need to simply say, on this campus, we don't celebrate racism, anti-Semitism, baby killing and murdering. What they are doing instead is distancing themselves in hopes it blows over. Israel is our friend and ally. They don't need us to just be their friend in good times. They need us to be their friend in bad times, to be their friend when it is easier not to be. Good friends are the ones coming in the door when everyone else is going out. This is a really great time to show Israel and the world who we are. My brothers and sisters, you say, well, um, I didn't come to church for any politics or anything like that. So if that's you, I apologize that you don't understand, you haven't been taught spiritually what's going on because this isn't about geopolitics. This is about the enemy of our soul eliminating Christians and Jews from this planet. That's what it's about. As long, we are the only things that stand in his way so that he can have ultimate power in a kingdom. So, I'm, I'm not going to stay silent, and as I know some of you, you have the same sentiment. We won't stay silent. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep praying to God about it. And Lord, as we come before you now, again, in the name of Jesus, asking for your mercies on those innocent children, both from the, the Gazan side and on the Israeli side. Lord, I pray again, it's not our desire that anyone should suffer. However, Lord, you're vehement about Israel. And so, Lord, I pray that even in this moment that you would be with each side. Father, that somehow, some way, through this pain and through this suffering that some would reach out to Jesus that you would have laborers in, in, your, in their paths, that, Father, somehow, some way, that you would minister Jesus to all people on either side. And, Lord, give us boldness and courage and strength, Lord, not just to say what we believe, but, Lord, to live what we believe and to teach our young people, Lord, the truth, that there is a truth, and his name is Jesus. And it's him who gives us life. It is Him who gives us animation in our bodies. It is Him that gives us guidance. It is Him that is faithful and we faithful to Him. Jesus, hear our prayer. Strengthen us. Give us wisdom and knowledge. And even now as we study Your Word and break the bread of life, grant to us knowledge and wisdom that we may leave here Father, more equipped to fulfill your will, the purpose and plan that you called each of us to. In your great name, Jesus. Amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, I, I got to tell you guys, it's, I'm not gonna be in a, there's not going to be a shortage of any scripture today, um, as usual. But 
Let's going to, we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians. And remember, we have been there, especially those of us who have been studying Corinthians in our adult Bible studies on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians. We're going to begin there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, all our trouble, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, what abounds in them? The sufferings of Christ. Suffering. They're suffering for Christ. So our consolation although abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, again, that speaks to suffering and, and, and trials and tests, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring so, the same sufferings which we also suffer. So, my brothers and sisters, obviously, I mean, there's some, uh, some emphasis that I've put on certain words here, obviously, because that's the tone and tenor of where we are, are, are going to be today. But my brothers and sisters, honestly, you've heard me say it, and those of you who even have been here for a very short time, but certainly those of you who have been here, God did not call us to that, that gospel that says, when you come to Christ, everything is cotton candy and sunshine. That, that's not the truth. In fact, Jesus has said with his own mouth about what the truth would be like. Amen? All right. And so again, if the prince and the power of the air were the direct enemies, you've got to expect that there's going to be trouble and there's going to be issues. Amen? Okay, so now look also with me at 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. And here's, this is going to be the major jumping off point for us today. Most of the points of the message, if the Lord allows, will be from this scripture. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So my brothers and sisters, again, you could see some emphasis on some issues there. So today, if the Lord again continues to allow me suffering, love of the truth, pleasure in unrighteousness. Suffering, Love of the truth. Now listen, the order that I bring these, it doesn't signify any importance or there's no, don't try to look for any hitting meaning or anything like that. It just simply is, is what it is. Amen? Amen? So now, many of you are familiar, I'm going to read a scripture, it won't be up on the board, but many of you will, are familiar with this scripture out of 1 Peter beginning in chapter uh, 4 beginning in verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange things happen to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are a partaker of Christ's sufferings. Amen. See, my brothers and sisters, this is not about us. And even when we're going through the troubles and the things like, I mean, I'm with you. How could we not take it personally when we are being attacked? But my brothers and my sisters, the reason why we're being attacked is because we represent Jesus Christ in this world. Amen? 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 But like he said, be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world. Amen? Hallelujah. But rejoice to the extent that you, are, you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. You should be happy. You're to be envied. 
For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Hallelujah. In the middle of all of that, remember this scripture. I know right now, we're all being, I've, I've got some challenges in my life, whether it be church, family, whatever, the job, I have another job. Many of you know, already know that. I mean, this, this is, I'm a bivocational pastor. Many of you have, you're, if you're raising a family, you, I'll, you'll hear it repeated from this pulpit. If you're in a marriage, I mean, you could be in the happiest marriage, but there's bound to be issues here and there. Thank God if your spouse is a Christian seeking God just as you are. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's going to work out. It's going to be good. Everything will be fine eventually. Hallelujah. Amen. But the Spirit of God responds. On their part, He is blasphemed, but on your part, He is glorified. So in the middle of all of that, when you can remember this Scripture and know that you are a partaker of Christ's suffering and Christ is the ultimate victory in your life and my life as it relates to the universe, Jesus Christ is the ultimate. So in that moment, when you're going through those things, if you can remember this Scripture and hold on, right? Hold on. I, I, I love... Pastor Lorraine, he used to talk about bulldog faith. He says, you know why a bulldog, his nose is, hey, is, is, is back on an angle? That's because when he's got a hold of something, he can still breathe. He can't breathe through his mouth, but he can breathe through his nose. And my brothers and sisters, you have to have that bulldog faith. You have to know this is truth and hang on. Just hang on. Even when life is trying to rip everything out of you, you hang on. Amen? All right. So now let's go to Romans. In Romans chapter 5, because this is all about suffering, my brothers and sisters. See, this is the thing that, you know, we Americans, and you've heard me say it, we're spoiled. We've taught our kids to be spoiled. You know, everything's about us. Everything's about our happiness. Everything's about our fulfillment. Everything's about what make, brings us joy in the moment. Everything, and, and, you know, no such thing as, you know, uh, uh, there's no such thing as absolute truth. I mean, come on, right? So, so let me continue, because uh, I could stay there for a long time. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen? Look at verse 3 with me. And, I, and not only that, but we also glory in what? Tribulations. We also glory in trouble, knowing that tribulation or troubles produce perseverance. And per per perseverance, character. Character. That's something that's very short. Oh, there's a lot of characters in the, come on, in the culture, but not the kind of characters I want my kids or my grandkids. Come on. No, this is talking about these virtuous characteristics that are these excellent characteristics, these things that say that you are a Christian. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Amen? Hallelujah. Boy, I'm about to blow a top right now. Perseverance and character. And character, hope. Hallelujah. Hope. Because even in the middle of our bad situations, we know that God, He saved me once, He'll save me again. That, listen, God, all through biblical history, he, even when His people turned, he, he pronounced this on His own people, they're a stubborn and stiff-necked people. Yes. Even now, they're suffering the things that they're suffering because they would... Remember Jesus stood over Jerusalem weeping? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Right? He was weeping. How I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. What was he talking about? Hallelujah. But they would not. And so, my brothers and sisters, they're suffering what they're suffering, but God knew. But God. Hallelujah. But God. But God. Even in all of this, 
He's making some of them stronger. The Christian Jews that are there are getting stronger. They're praying to God through Christ Jesus. Jews all around the world. Christians are, many Christian believers are rallying around national Israel. Come on. This is all part of God's plan. My brothers and sisters, there will be a great tribulation. And in that great tribulation, there will be souls that will be saved. And my opinion happens to be that most of those souls will be Jews. They will be Israelis. My brothers and sisters, they will finally come to realize Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Christ. He was the promised one. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. Hope. In James 1, beginning in verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now listen, I, I, don't under, I don't misunderstand. There are such things as trials and troubles. There are differences in many, at many occasions. But my brothers and sisters, all of the things that we go through, if we're living in Christ, if we're living in Christ, if we're living in Christ, all of those things that we go through are just that. It's those things that make our faith come out more pure. Amen? If we're, amen? So, okay, so let's begin again. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. So look, this suffering, the enemy wants to destroy me. Let's look at 1 Peter 5. Again, 1 Peter 5, beginning in verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But, <laughs> but may the God of all grace, who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen and settle you. My brothers and sisters, the enemy wants to destroy you, but God, hallelujah, but God, but God uses those challenges. He uses those battles and he says, stand. When you stand, I'm perfecting you. I'm working this out. I'm bringing you to this end that I knew before the foundations of the earth. You will be perfect. Hallelujah. As your Father in heaven is perfect. Hallelujah. So now look, let's, so, so look, this suffering is all about the enemy trying to destroy us, but God is using what the enemy is doing and he's building us up. He's using it to perfect us. Amen. Hallelujah. So now watch. That, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. That makes me a little bit more happy about embracing the suffering if I could do that. <laughs> now I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I, you know, oh, I love it. I don't. I don't. But my brothers and sisters, that's, that's my fault. That's my fault. Because I have to remember, we have to remember these scriptures and remember that, yeah, we're going through something right now. But let's put it this way. Right now, we're not going through anything like what our brothers and sisters are going through in other areas on this planet. But we're going to. And see, that's why... Preachers and, and pastors, specifically pastors of any church, I don't care if they say that they're a Bible-believing church, if they're not preaching to their 
congregation right now about what's coming and how you need to be prepared for it, what you should be doing, how to, my brothers and sisters, they're missing it. Huh, how could you say something like that? Well, because I could see Jesus said, look, watch, watch and pray. I'm watching, I'm praying, I'm seeing things, I'm responsible for a flock. Fathers, you're responsible for a flock. Your home is your flock. Come on, single moms, okay, that's okay, you don't have a dad in the house, you're responsible for your flock. So, you be, so what do I do, Tony? Do I have to go and tell, share with my children all of this bad stuff and negative stuff that's going on? Well, they're hearing it anyway, so you may want to head, go ahead and get ahead of it and explain it from God's perspective, give them the truth. Now, you know and you can decide what age you, know, you need to discuss and how you could discuss it. Did that make sense to anybody in this room? But see, my brothers and sisters, it is up to us who know the truth why? Because there are going to be, unfortunately, people who we know right now, and some of us, I believe that we will see some pain and suffering before Jesus splits the sky. We're starting to see it now. Listen, they're going after the Jewish people now. They're going after us as well, but in a more subtle way. But they're going to go after us more openly in a little while. Just like I'm sure you've heard of those four uh, Jewish students who were trapped in a library. Come on. Okay. Thank you, brother. But my brothers and sisters, that's not going to be just the Jews in a short period of time. It will be Christians as well. And it won't be all Christians. No. You know, the liberal Christians and the Christians that say, oh, no, it's okay. There's more than one way to get to God other than Jesus, but we just happen to believe you. They won't suffer. The ones who refuse to take a stand, they won't suffer. But those of us who stand and live by the truth, the suffering's coming. So we need to be prepared. And my brothers and sisters, I know that there are many in this room right now. It, you're going to see it. And you're going to be ready for it. But the question then becomes, are your children ready for it? Are your children ready for it? Man, I don't want to stand here and recount some of the extreme stories that you have heard as far as the torture that went on of families. I pray God that never happens to me. But my brothers and sisters, as, as radical as that would have sounded maybe just a few years ago, it's reality. And see, my brothers and sisters, it's not just reality anymore in some third world country. It's not just reality anymore somewhere way, way far away. It's here now. We need to be prepared for it. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I came to church to get this. Man, I'm on fire for you. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on, okay? I read the back of the book. I tell her, I read the back of the book. We win. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 All right, my brothers and sisters. So that so I'm going to go back now. Remember where we were in 2 Thessalonians 2. They did not receive the love of the truth. See, the, the people that are suffering and are deceived. And so, look, we're going to suffer, but these, there's this other thing that's happening. They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they uh, all may be con condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. My, my brothers and sisters... Love of the truth is, is a big deal, isn't it? 
as I read that scripture in its totality, and that's why in the beginning I highlighted those points to you, love of the truth is huge. I want to read to you, uh, it'll be up on the board, but I, I remember, and those of you who've been with me for a while, you understand when I say this, um, John chapter 17, that is the prayer that Jesus prayed just before he was arrested. So every, we say the Lord's Prayer is our Father who art in heaven. Yeah, that's the Lord teaching them how to pray. pray. But this is the Lord literally praying. Amen. Now I'm just going to read to you an excerpt out of that. It's John 17, beginning in verse 14. John 17, beginning in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Okay, so watch. There's, there's a lot of things in there. Many of you, I, I'm going to explain it to you, but you already know. My brothers and sisters, obviously Jesus is talking here. He's saying something about this. He's saying, look, he already knows you know, they're going to be hated by the world. I'm hated by the world. They're going to be hated by the world. Right? He's not talking about the Jews. He's talking about all of the Christians, all of his followers. The Jews certainly will be hated. That's part of it. But he's talking now about Christians. And look at what he said. They are sanctified by your truth. That means they're set apart. They're not, listen, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Um, you know, they, they're gonna, they're gonna, they got to stay here. I understand that. But what I'm asking you is to protect them from the evil one. Well, if he's asking that we be protected from the evil one, why does all this negative happen? Because we're living in a lost, stinking, dying world and we're the enemy. And if you're not under attack right now, you're not the enemy of the enemy. <laughs> no, seriously. If you're not under attack right now, if you're like, listen, but anybody and everybody, even non-Christians suffer day-to-day -day stuff. But my brothers and sisters, even that is, is relative. Relative to where you live, how you live. Amen? Come on. See, because some of us in here might think that we're under attack. You know, the pool sprung a leak. Oh my gosh, what am I... I'm under, the devil's after me. The car won't start. The devil ain't after you. That's a mechanical thing, man. Come on. No, no, and listen. But there's somebody halfway around the world that doesn't even own a car. They've got to walk everywhere they go. There might be somebody in your neighborhood. They don't even own a car. So what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, that stuff is relative. Okay, what we're talking about here, obviously, is what we see now with our own eyes. See, there have been peoples and groups of people that have suffered uh, this kind of stuff throughout the ages. But now all of a sudden, we're seeing it with our own eyes and it's against a specific group that we're attached to. And it's coming our way. So, so now, okay, let's be aware of this. Let's, let's watch this. Let's, let's understand this. Let's, let's gain something. So I've been separated out. I've been separated out by the truth. Okay, so now, again, I'm not going to stay here long because we've talked about this before and I know... How in the world, my brothers and sisters, can we expect for our children to be sanctified by the truth when we ourselves don't study the truth and don't live the truth, when we're willing to compromise with truth with the culture so that we can go along to get along, or not that we just don't want to, you know, make it tough on the kids. We don't want to be strict with the kids. We don't want to do this with the Okay, well, I'm just saying to you, uh, my brothers and sisters, you're doing your kids a disservice. Because now they're being raised that everything is cool and easy and fun, but they don't understand. I'm not saying that we should rob their childhood. I'm not talking about the little ones that we should rob their childhood. I'm not saying that. 
But we have to begin somewhere because when they get to be the, a teenager, it's too late. Amen, Dom? They have to do it when they're young. We have to start raising them up. That means it's incumbent upon us to know what the truth is and to live the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, that's an easy thing. Easy thing to say from the pulpit, right? Everybody knows that. And most everybody, almost everybody, because I know that right now there are people that are listening that don't agree. Well, he's probably one of those Pharisees, strict guys. My kids will probably tell you I was too strict or whatever the case may be. Maybe I was. I don't know. But here's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. Our kids need to know that this is truth. So look, it's so corrupt in the culture and the truth has become so relative that, again, I'm repeating, you can, you can wake up one day and I can wake up one day and say, you know, I feel like a woman. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Now, now look, I know some of you are tired of hearing this stuff, but this is, this is, this is ridiculous where you can convince people that that is, their, that is truth. So when we've slipped as a culture and as a society, as a world, that far, how in the world am I going to get them to believe anything that this says? You see what I'm saying? And all of those things fly right in the face of actual truth. In the face, excuse me. Right in the face of actual truth. All of those things are designed to shake their fist at God. Why? Because the enemy of our soul is the author of all of it. Hallelujah. He declared war on God when he entered Lucifer and Lucifer said, look at me. I'm just as good as God. Look at me. I've got people complimenting me. I've got people following me. I've got people admiring me. I'm God. And now we have human beings following with that same attitude, following that. My brothers and sisters, that's just shaking our fists in God's face. Remember, um, I know many of you remember, remember when Jesus was arrested, he stood before the Sanhedrin. He also had to stand before Pilate because it, the Jews wanted him crucified, but they couldn't do it legally. So they had to bring him to the government. And so he had to stand before Pilate. Now, Pilate was determined to let him go. You know, this is a Jewish spat. I mean, this guy really hadn't done anything wrong. He's determined to let him go. So Pilate says, I'm going to give you, so you could check it out. In John 18, Pilate says, um, are you a king? And Jesus says, well, you've said that. So you say. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Hallelujah. So now watch. We know how Pilate reacted. What is truth? Right? Because remember now, in that day, there's, there, there, Rome has many different areas that they've conquered. Greeks and all this other stuff. So there's all kind of different philosophies. There's all kind of different pagan gods. There's all kind of things that are happening. Come on, my brothers and sisters. All levels of education and different things. And so now here you have this man who's influenced by all of this. And he's saying, what is truth? What is absolute truth? Is there absolute truth? Who can determine what is truth? Jesus just told you. He just told you. Well, what if I don't choose to believe that? Well, again, then you could go ahead and believe what you want to believe, but you're believing something that's not true. 
I'm just saying. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to read this to you, and then I want to talk to you a little bit more about some, maybe some experiences that we've had. In Psalm 119, I, I, listen, if there's any doubt about the love of, of the truth, read Psalm 119. I'm just going to read a little portion to you. Read Psalm 119. In Psalm 119 now, beginning in verse 46, I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in your commandments. That's the same thing as delight myself in your word, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Hallelujah. This is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. My brothers and sisters, come on. If we're depending on anything else, if we're depending on anything else other than this for truth or for comfort or hope, we're not going to make it. We're going to be disappointed. Amen. Listen, I love you, and if you call me, and if I could do anything to help, I'm going to help you. But I'm still just a human being. Amen? Amen? Come on. And I may let you down. I will, it's not my intent, but I may. Come on. But God will not let you down. He won't. His word is truth. And do you love the truth? Even when it hurts. Even when it's what you don't want to... Let me, I'm going to tell you, in our culture and society so much, it's gotten so bad. Um, um, yesterday, for instance, I have, there was two examples. I mean, yesterday we were out um, ministering to the homeless. When we were out ministering. Hey, by the way, thank God for all of you who volunteered and showed up and those of you who have donated. And man, we had uh, good help out there. And we had, we had to shut down early. We gave everything out. That was, so, that was so awesome. That was another awesome thing that happened yesterday. But I know this. Um, there was one woman who had, who's a repeat uh, person that comes up. And, you know, it, it's just, I, I think that she probably has addiction issues. I'm not sure because the personalities are like way off the wall. And, uh, you know, I, I just can see someday I'm going to have to cast whatever there is out. It's just going to happen. But my brothers and sisters, you know, when we started talking and when we talked at other times, it was always about, yeah, we talked about church and, and the Bible and, 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 and Jesus and all this other stuff. And, and so yesterday, you know, we start talking. I say, hey, have, have you gone, have you found a church yet? And, you know, because you've got to get with the church. So that you, oh, no, because before it was my church is over there, or I used to be in this church, or blah, blah, blah. There's always an excuse. Well, I don't have any way to get there. I said, look, Pastor D's church is right there. You walked here, it's right there. Well, and then she's totally, totally mad at me. But then starts, and so I, I start to, hey, listen, I'm not trying to make you upset. Let's talk a little bit. I'm trying to talk and comment. Well, at, you know, it starts talking to me now about the scripture and about how bad churches are. And then also, um, I said, well, you know, Jesus is part of the body. Jesus didn't die for my sins. A Christian, she thinks she's a Christian. And said, so Jesus didn't. So now listen, here's what I'm saying to you. Now, I could tell by what she's saying that there is a, she's listening to some Islamists. I could, I could tell by what she's saying. She's listening, so she's mixing Christianity and Islam. Can't happen. There's one truth. Amen? So now when you start trying to make allowances, or you start you know, shying away, even when you tell, well, we love everybody. Yeah, we do, but not everybody's right. We do, and it's not up to us to condemn anybody. Amen? But it is up to us 
to stand on truth. So that when someone challenges me or you, we have to be in a position with the Word, we have to be so in love with the Word that when they challenge anything we say or do, we can say, hey, I, th the Word says this. That's, again, I'm going to tell you, and I'll never apply, it kind of sounds like I'm apologizing, but I'm not. We're always going to have Scripture. This it's not my word. I'm not here to preach my word. I'm here to preach His word. And I'm telling you, the word that I'm preaching is coming right out of the Bible. The same one that you read is the same one that I read. The same one, well, come on, the same one that He's given revelation by Holy Spirit to you is the same one that He's given re revelation by the Holy Spirit to me. In fact, I know for a fact that there are people in this room right now who have come after hearing a message and they got confirmation because God was already dealing with them about the subject. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And I'll tell you, then there was another person, and, and <clears throat> of course, uh, Jody was ministering to a, a woman there, and the woman was admitting some issues and some troubles that she had had. So Jody's ministering to her. We start ministering the word to her. That's, 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 there's nothing else that I could minister. I, you know, I, I feel, I, at the same time that she was grieving and, spe and speaking to some of these things, and I, I, mean, I feel bad for you, and I understand. I understand how you would feel bad, and I understand. But look, here's, this, here's the issue. We're here. We're, we're here to help. You've got somebody who you could talk to. You've got somebody that you can lean on. And, you know, sh you still have family members. You could, you know, yeah, concentrate on them. Don't concentrate on what was lost. Concentrate on what you still have and be thankful. And my brothers and sisters, li listen, and Jody and w was ministering to her, and, and we ministered the word to her. And, and so my hope is that, you know, she'll come back or she'll go to a church and she'll get back in her Bible and, and something can happen because the word... Amen? Not because of Tony, not because of Jody. Oh yeah, in that moment we could help her, but guess what? She, where is she? She's not with Jody and Tony right now. Hope Jody will follow up. I know Jody, she's faithful. Jody's going to follow up and she'll call her, she'll check on her. But my brothers and sisters, what we have to do, all of us, what we have to do is make sure that anybody that we love, anybody that we're ministering to, our children specifically and especially, make sure that they understand that this is the truth and this is where you get ministered from. This is what you get ministered from. This is, this is how, my brothers and sisters, this is how um, you, you are able to stand. This is how you're able to experience, listen, even in the middle of the defeats, in the middle of the suffering, that you can, can actually experience some comfort and some consoling in the middle of bad situations, very bad situations. Hallelujah. And, I, and there, there are plenty of people in here that would say yes and amen because you, you've already know that. You've already done it. You've already had the experience. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you understand the hope. Amen. Come on, is there anybody in here that's ever been through a really bad situation? The only thing, and you know that it was God. Don't tell me I saw a cloud in the sky and it was in the shape of a cross and blah, blah. I, I, please don't do that. I had a person the other, not too long ago, they would tell me about some of this divine revelation and, you know, it was confirmed. He saw, okay, don't do that. Can you show me here? That's, that's, that's the only thing I ask. If you can show me here, man, I'm in. Praise the Lord. Show me here. So that's where we need to be. With, and some of you in this room have experienced that. I know I have. Is anybody else, who would testify that you, yeah, you were in the middle of a bad situation, there was no one else that could help you, even your spouse, and you know that it was God. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, that you know that this hope that is spoken of in the scripture is true. He is the God of all hope and comfort. Isn't that what we're learning in Corinthians? And that was a church that was totally corrupt. I'm not promoting a corrupt church. 
watching you. No, but what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, that's God for us. God loves us. God loves us, and he wants to be the God of all comfort because he already knows that you're going to go through it. Amen? Hallelujah. He separated you out, so that marks you. (laughs) But you're separated by truth. Amen? So we need to love the truth. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, in, in, if we go back to that scripture, let me go back real quick if I could. You, you don't, don't turn there. Don't worry about it. Case. In 2 Thessalonians, they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe in a lie, that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So why did they refuse the love of the truth? It's in what I said. Quiz. Say it. Pleasure, right. Pleasure in the truth. <laughs> Pleasure in unrighteousness, rather. Sorry, I see you cheated. <laughs> How easy was that? I gave you the answer. It's right here. <laughs> and all of you are came from a Presbyterian church. You don't talk in church. I understand that. <laughs> Except if you have to holler at your kid. <laughs> No, but that's true because they had pleasure. There's pleasure in unrighteousness. So we don't have that love as human beings. We don't necessarily love the truth, especially when it's something we don't want to hear. Come on. I've testified to this. I mean, I've been in those places and Michelle will tell me, go and get with God. I don't want to hear that right now. Is it true? It's absolute true. I want to hear you, you know, I want to hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey, baby. You know, come on. Let me make you, let me give you some chocolate chip ice cream and make all your, come on. Now, I'm being facetious lightly, slightly, (laughs) slightly. But do you understand the point? See, we're looking for some kind of a comfort in some place that that we shouldn't be looking for. And the the problem is the truth is staring us right in the face. This is the answer to your problem, but you're going to have to adhere to it even when it doesn't look like it's working. Amen? That's tough to do. Amen? I'll take the chocolate chip ice cream in a moment. But guess what? After I've taken all of that chocolate chip ice cream and I've finished the tub, baby, and I wake up in the morning, problem's still there. Now I just feel a little bit more bloated, and now I feel guilty that I'm put on a couple pounds. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't help. So, so come on. I know I'm talking to somebody besides me here. Come on. Is it hot in here or what? Hallelujah. I want to, again, I, again I, I, I'll give you forewarning. Thank you for visiting, by the way. Good to see you. Um, thank you for visiting. Good to see you. Uh, I hope somebody warned you that I use a lot of scripture. Because <laughs> I'm going to Romans, and this speaks it all. And those of us who've been studying on Wednesdays, I think within the last couple of weeks we went here. So, um, but, but please, hear me. In Romans chapter 1, beginning verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. You hear that? They suppressed the truth in unrighteousness because it may be known of what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. See, what is that saying? They already know that there's a God. It's inside of them. So, listen, they're holding it back because of unrighteousness and in unrighteousness because they prefer to live unrighteous. For since the creation of the world, this invisible, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, 
nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, I've heard some people preach or deduce that this is speaking of like uh, the Hebrews when Moses went up and then they um, debased themselves with the um, golden calf and all that. I don't believe that this is speaking solely of that. I think this is speaking of mankind in general. I really do believe that. Because, listen, God did not give them up. Right? Now, if, come on. That's, that's, that's why I deduce that it's not just that generation or that... So, my, But this, this describes human nature. Even if we look at it now, those folks, I'm telling you that if someone tells me, I, I, I know you've heard me say this before, if someone tells me, well, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, I say, well, you do. You're suppressing it. You know that there's something greater, and you're still looking for something greater, and you're thinking that science teaches that, but science is at a dead end. They can't teach it because they don't know it. Amen. Okay, my brothers and sisters, even I, I was listening to uh, someone speak here recently talking about um, Dawkins and, and one of the books that he wrote and all that, how I'm not as learned that these folks are, but what they said was that he took leaps. Even, in his, even as far back as he tried to trace and give credit to science, there were some leaps that he took that even people, other scientists say, well, that's going to an extreme. So, brothers and sisters, I don't care who tries to explain what, God said it already, Amen. all right? So, my brothers and sisters, so they said, well, I don't believe. Well, you've got to try hard not to believe. Especially, my brothers and sisters, just to say this, there are many books and many facets or many places that we can learn things, right? Okay. Many people study and are so much more learned than I am, both in the, uh, the text of the scripture, also in just historical accounts, sciences, so on and so forth. So many people. But, my brothers and sisters, look, unless you read this, how can you deduce anything else? How could you come to a conclusion anywhere else? There's more historical evidence that this is um, authentic than any other writing, any other historical writing. There's more, hist there's more evidence for this authenticity, the authenticity of what we're, we're looking at right now. So, brothers and sisters, how, how in the world can anybody come to a conclusion without studying this? And so now let's just say that. So, so you go in here and you study this, and then all of a sudden you see these prophecies, and you see them being fulfilled. Again, you've heard me say this so many times. The, if you look at all the prophecies of the Savior in the Old Testament, there were something like 300 plus prophecies. The odds of one person being able to fulfill those prophecies are one to the 28th power. That's a big number. Do you understand what that means? That means the odds of one person being able to fulfill all of those prophecies is impossible. But one person did it. Jesus. Amen? So now, okay, so that alone. So explain that. Well, Jesus really wasn't the Son of God. Okay, but then let's look at it from a historical perspective. He lived. Yes, he did. He was executed. Yes, he was. And there were hundreds of people that, were, that saw him alive after he was in that tomb. And the same people that were afraid to admit that they even knew him died for him after the fact. How stupid do you have to be? And what do you gain by dying 
after the fact, after you saw them alive. Because before they saw them alive, they were denying them they were hiding. What happened? What made them change their mind and then go ahead and die? Poor people, poor men. They didn't do it for money. They didn't do it to get a following. They saw him. That's just one aspect, but just look at where we are right now. The Bible tells us that Israel is going to be hated. They're going to be surrounded by their enemies. Just look at that. Look at all of the other uh, prophecies that have come true, that have come to pass. Look at that little land that's the size of about New Jersey that has existed with all of those people who are so intent on wiping them out, still haven't been able to do it. Come on. So, so again, so, uh, all right, so if we want to discuss something on an intellectual level and we want to go ahead and come to the conclusion that there is no God, then explain this on an intellectual level. You, you, the problem is, this is a problem. For those who want to, listen, for those who want to have pleasure in unrighteousness, but for those of us who love the truth, this is not a problem. Amen. This is life. <laughs> this is hope. <laughs> this is glory. Hallelujah. This is God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so, so watch. We have, when I was con- considering this early on, like even like last week, the, the person that came to mind was Moses, right? Because we know that Moses was born into royalty. Actually, he wasn't. He was born into a, uh, into a slave family but was adopted into royalty. Right? I'm going to read to you. It'll be up on the board. Hebrews uh, chapter 11. I'm almost done. Chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was his adopted mother, right? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Hallelujah. Do you see that? He, see what he I'm, is Moses. I'm going to choose the truth of who I am versus living this life of luxury and being in line for the throne, being part of the royal family. Come on, he's already gotten the best education in that time that could that could be had. Amen. He's he's wanting for nothing. But look at what the Hallelujah. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, that's talking our language now. Right? Christ, he was reproached. He was hated. In this. So, so are we. So that's the same thing. So now look, we have to go ahead and take on that reproach. We're, we're, we esteem the reproach. We glory in the sufferings. Isn't that what we talked about? Isn't that what the scripture said earlier? So we see Moses is going to glory in the suffering rather than be Pharaoh's son or grandson. Come on. Hallelujah. For he looked to the reward. Verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. See, I'm going to pause there. My brothers and sisters, here's where we need to be. Because when we refuse to be part of the world, part of the system, when we go ahead and we say, listen, I know it would be easier right now and I would enjoy some of the fruits that are in this world system right now. But if I don't identify with the world, if I come out of that, you know, there's going to be some consequence. Come on. Some of you have suffered consequence in your life for your profession of faith. It's going to get worse. 
For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hallelujah. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch him. Why, why did I add that? My brothers and sisters, listen. By faith, we have to understand that the Paschal Lamb was Jesus Christ. Nobody or nothing else. We have to understand, my brothers and sisters, that the wages of sin is death. And none of us is sinless. All of us are born into sin. Amen? So my brothers and sisters, this I think this speaks loudly and clearly to me as a born-again believer. I have to trust in the blood of Jesus. Have faith that by, listen, that I'm a sinner. I'm not, see, my brothers and sisters, and one thing that I left out, when Jody and I were speaking with this person, that person expressed that one of her uh, grandchildren said, hey, you know, um, we're good. Why are these bad things happening? Amen? See, I, that's, that's the problem. Even Christians, well, I'm doing everything right, God. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm teaching the kids this, and I'm going to church on Sunday. I even stay and, and listen to the whole service when Pastor Tony gets long-winded. I, I, I'm, I even show up on Wednesdays. I feed the homeless. I do all this. But why are these bad things happening? Because you're living in a cursed world. And your goodness, your righteousness is a filthy rags unto the Lord. You need to be washed by the blood. Amen. You need to be and have faith that you are not good enough and that as good as you think you are, <laughs> as far as you think you've come, there's still. he said that he's working these things for our perfection. Amen. So you're going through some stuff and you are born again and you have, listen, you have absolutely put your faith in the blood of Christ to, to take away your sin. Hallelujah. Amen. And so now when these things happen, you know exactly what it is. This is for me to move from glory to glory. This is me to go on to perfection. Amen? And I'm not doing in the middle of this alone. Hallelujah. This, this, this is a, man, I don't, this is good preaching. I hope. Hallelujah. See, it's the truth. It's His truth. It's His truth. God doesn't want to destroy us. He doesn't want to destroy anybody. In fact, He didn't create hell for humans. Amen. Forsaken the pleasures of sin for a season. I equate that with pleasure in unrighteousness. My brothers and sisters, we got to get to that point where we understand some of these things that we do because we either enjoy them or we don't see any harm in it and all this other stuff. You know what? We're, we, we, if you don't think so, if, there's a, if there is a doubt in your mind and you do, it's sin. Amen. If you don't know if you should be doing something, but you do it, you just sin. If you're a born-again Christian, I'm convinced of it. Because that's, listen, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. That's quenching the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if you're born again, and, and in your heart, you're feeling that check go up, but you do it anyway, and guess what? The next time you go to do it, you won't feel that check as hard as you did that time. Come on. See, I'm telling you, I'm getting some daggers right now. I, I am. I'm getting some daggers right now. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this is truth. Uh, my young people, if you, if you get along with that person and you think nothing's going to happen, you got control, you better watch it. Or we're only going to go this far. You've already drawn a line and we're only going to go this far. You better watch it. If you're taking pleasure in unrighteousness, and God calls that unrighteousness. Amen. Adults, same. If you think you've got control of it, and you're just going to go ahead and you're going to go so far, and that's going to be that, my brothers, my sisters, 
That is unrighteousness. You're taking pleasure in unrighteousness and you have to separate yourself. Amen? Amen? Uh-oh. See, why did you have to... But, but now look, again, so let's not make this about us. Let's make this about our children, our children's children. When we, when we go ahead and we um, allow our children to be um, educated in a certain uh, on a certain path, it's wrong. It's wrong. I, I, I'm going to tell you this, and again, I know people are going to be mad at me. I'm, I've made the mistake. I mean, I've let my children dress up for Halloween and all this other stuff, and now it's real close. And, it's, and, then, you, and then we in church, we used to do these you know, alternatives to Halloween. Why do we have to do it at all? Thank you. You, you know what I'm saying? And you know what I've noticed? Come on. See, I know I, people are already mad at me. You know what I've noticed? Do you notice how elaborate the decorations for Halloween has gotten? Yes. And do you notice how not just pumpkins or fall stuff? I mean, these are monsters and demons and everything. There's no more Casper the Friendly Ghost, y'all. I'm not trying to be funny. You see all this. Oh, see, Tony, now you're becoming too extreme. You know what the problem is? We haven't been extreme enough, and that's why we're living in the world that we're living in right now. We haven't been extreme enough. So, so look, while they're kids are out there protesting for Hamas. Our kids are at Christian concerts having fun with each other and in culture, really not making much of a difference. How do you know that, Tony? You know how I know? Look at what's happening. That's, that's, that's how I know. Young people, are, the, the, listen, believers are declining. Come on. So, so watch. We can't do that. We have to stick by the truth. We have to be extreme in our beliefs and we have to stand on it even, listen, I, 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 I'm just going to keep making people mad at me. I just can't help it. You know what? I'm not going to watch another Disney movie. I don't care. And when my grandchildren come over, I'm going to, sorry, I can't. I, why? Because they stink. They've already told you what they want to do to your kids. They told you that. So look for an alternative. Thank you. That's extreme. No, it's not. <laughs> Is it extreme when they tell you exactly yes. what they want to do yes. and you just are a party to it? Yes. Disney. I don't care who it is. Name one. That's just an easy one because they're so far out. I mean, there's, yes. they've, they've named it. But there's so many different... Listen, in that video we saw with the college campuses where they're not really teaching kids to think independently. They're teaching them what to think. Okay, that's the thing. I'm not going to say, you know, I love my, my granddaughter. I'm so proud of her, and she's at a Christian university. I'm so happy about that. I hope all my grandchildren go to Christian universities. But my brothers and sisters, the fact of the matter is, we have to be, even be careful about that. It just so happens, I mean, I'm so thankful. I'm, I, Rachel and, and Mitch have attended some, um, some events and stuff that they've had there. I've, Addie's invited me to her, her chapel, and I, I've been up there. And so far, man, I am so happy about what's going on. And I can see Addie kind of blossoming. Rachel, would that be a yes? I can see Addie also blossoming just a little bit in her Christian walk. And it's so, I'm so thankful about that, you know? So, so now I would say, okay, say one of my other, they want to be a lawyer. Am I, am I going to be happy if they go to Yale or Harvard? No. No. Uh, you know, they picked a show, should, should they go to Stetson? No. I hope they go to Liberty. I mean, I, I want them to go to some place where there is a foundation, there is a foundation. Come on. And see, that's what we need to get back to. This foundation. This needs to be our governor and governance. 
in our homes. And then we need to be, listen, my brothers and sisters, we need to go ahead and renounce the things of the world for what they truly are. As, listen, as innocuous as we may think they are, we've been lulled to sleep. The church has been lulled to sleep. But I got to tell you, I'm seeing and hearing some pastors wake up. I'm starting to see and hear some pastors preach to their churches now. Listen, the truth about who God is and what He requires. And, about what, and this, this thing that Hamas has done, this thing has woken up a lot of people. I hope, it's woke, I hope you are wide awake now. And I hope you understand why and where I am as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not to say to you, it's about to happen, we're all going to die. No, it's about to happen. He's about to split the sky, baby. And I'm going home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's about to split the sky. He hasn't, listen, hallelujah, this is why it's so important that our kids know, you know, we all know, be separate from them, come out from among them, because that's who he's coming for when he splits that sky, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet, amen? amen. That trumpet is going to sound like this, Tony, come up hither. <laughs> that's what it's going to sound like to Terry, he's going to be, Terry, come up hither. Guess what? Come on. Hallelujah. Man, this is exciting. This is the good news. This is why we endure. This is why we endure suffering. This is why we love the truth. Because Jesus has not, listen, He has not called us to experience the wrath of God that's coming on the face of the earth. That's why I'm a pre-tribber and that's why I'm going before all the, the worst of the worst happens. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Stay with me before I bust a gasket. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord Himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, I love your word, and I know there are people that are in this room and watching that love your word. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us a greater unction. Holy Spirit, give us a strong desire in our hearts with every fiber of our being. Let us be like hungry and thirsty men and women that we can't get enough of your word. Father, put a hunger and thirst inside of us to get into your word. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, let the words jump off the page right down deep into our souls. Lord, that we will be the called people that you've called us to be. That we will have boldness. Lord, give us wisdom and knowledge that we may be able to minister your word to all of those people that you put into our atmosphere. Lord, Give us wisdom and knowledge that we may be able to minister to our young people, whether they be in our house or whether they be in this house. Lord, help us in Jesus' name to be your ministers wherever you've placed us. And Lord, let us not shrink back from the responsibility. Let us not shrink back in the face of threats. Let us not shrink back in the face of unpopularity. Let us not shrink back in the face of persecution. But Lord, we pray for your strength in every moment of every day and, and before every challenge. Bless our kids. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Put angels in their paths. Lord, put laborers in their paths. Lord, protect them from harm. Help them not to believe the lie. Help us to always be light and salt that they may have be preserved and they also may have the light of truth of the gospel of the glorious Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Be glorified, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace.